Have you ever felt paralyzed by fear and failure? As recovering perfectionists, we know exactly how that feels. Once we realize that success is impossible to achieve without failure and that fear will always be present, we broke through barriers in our lives and never looked back. That discovery turned into a true passion to share that knowledge with as many people as possible and to help you shake it up and make a change. I'm Rachel Roth. And I'm Christina Martinez. And this is The Shake Up. Rachel, do you remember the first job that you quit? I do. I remember it very vividly. What did your resignation look like? Well, I was, I got, I, I was working at Boston Market. Oh, I, was, <laughs> I, was the, I was the drive-through girl. Oh my goodness. And I wore a headset. Uh-huh. And they hired me younger than they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. You were that good. I don't good. think that they, no, I don't think that they ever even asked my age. They oh. just assumed that I came in and applied because I was old enough. How old were you? I think I was 14 Three. and you had to be 15 <laughs> to work there. And I had a super, I was very innocent and just kind of clueless. And I had a super creepy boss and I, yep. mm -hmm. And I went home one day from work and I told my dad Mm. a story and he was uh, obviously very protective over his little girls. And he was like, wait, I'm sorry. Can you tell me this again? Can you describe this to me again? What happened? And he just was trying to get me to meet him somewhere. Oh, no. Like, it was super weird. Now, looking back as an adult, I'm like, um, that was completely inappropriate at the time. Oh, my goodness. I was just young and innocent and trusting. And so my dad (laughs) marched me up. We literally got in the car. And we drove straight up there. And it was super – it was – it was dramatic you know he yeah, was yeah. like it's like you yeah yes. he he He's, faced this guy head on and defended his daughter and, and he was showing you what to do as a woman oh, when yeah. you're confronted oh, yeah. with the creepers of the world yep Good I was for him and so, you yes yeah I was so trusting and so you know I just felt I a am. little inkling that something wasn't right and so I told my dad and I'm so glad I did you yeah. know I will not be taking orders in turkey carvers and chick- right. chicken rotisseries anymore. That's right. They do have great cornbread, mm. uh, those little loaf cornbread. They're, They're delicious. Bomb. Did you just like mm. eat those all day long when I'm you were there? sure. They're it was so, so many good. years ago. But yeah, yes, that was my first real job. And that was outside of babysitting and things like that. And then that was my first real resignation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, what about you? Oh, mine was a little different. No creepers. No creepers. That's I worked good. at Victoria's Secret, oh which is the world's, ooh, this is a strong statement, the world's worst job that I've ever had. Oh, wow. Well, just, you know, imagine, right, when you work in retail, you have to fold everything to make sure it's perfect at all times because people are coming into the store. But they're not normal size shirt. They're like slingshot panties. <laughs> Right, And you had to fold them so delicately. Mm-hmm. And these like tornadoes of women would come in and like look for their sizes. And I was like, can I help you find your size? And I just, one day I just was like, you know what? The pizza shop needs me. <laughs> like I gotta go to the pizza shop. Oh, that's hilarious. Bucciarelli's almost too good. And I said, you know what? I just, I don't think this is the place for me. And I'm moving on to bigger and better things. I'm going to make subs. <laughs> I'm going to make sub sandwiches instead of folding underwear. Yeah, oh, I was a big good. step up in my life. Yeah. Probably like, you know, 50 cents raise. But mm. mm-hmm, that was my resignation. Wow. I said, peace out, Victoria's Secret. 
still a good customer though. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm super excited about today because we have one of my really great friends, Annie Lorenzana, and we're going to be talking about the great resignation and learning more about her story. So Annie. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. I am so excited that you're here. And every word that comes out of Annie's mouth in the short time I've known her, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so profound. Keep talking. Keep talking. I'm going to shut my mouth. I just want to sit at your feet and listen to all of your wisdom. So I'm storyteller. So excited. I'm going to play that for my husband. Be like, listen. Everyone thinks this. Right. And I'm giving it to you for free, baby. Like, how great is that? Love it. Well, it's, we are going to talk about the Great Resignation. And for those of you that don't know about the Great Resignation, it was primarily, what, in 2021? Mm-hmm. It was right after COVID. And it was when everybody made a mass exodus from corporate America. And they're like, you know what? I deserve more. So here are some facts about the Great Resignation. So the majority of workers who quit their job in 2021 said that they left because of, one, low pay, two, no opportunities for advancement, or three, just feeling disrespected at work. And that was like around 60% for all of them. So we are going to dive into those reasons with Annie. Annie, why do you think, aside from the fact that 47 million Americans left their jobs, like why do you think that we all made this mass exodus? At the same time? At the same time. I mean, I, I think it's hard to think about the great resignation without putting it in context of like, we were all going through a global pandemic too, where we were like, sure. if you ever had something that like recalibrated your values, you were like, this is a stressful time, guys. And I'm <laughs> stuck in this, you know, little structure with my family all the time. Um, yeah. So I think it just brought to light a lot of considerations that maybe we didn't even think we had control over before mm-hmm. um but then when you saw that you you could do your job different ways and that you know you didn't really love some of these behaviors and um maybe there were things that are more important to you i think we all started kind of questioning these you know what what are the core uh, must-haves in a job and and i think for so many people what is that salary benefits mm-hmm. title mm-hmm. um and then you know when you had some time to think about it you're like what does all this I can't take this with me. Mm-hmm. And what is this actually giving me? Is it giving me meaning or purpose? Is it giving me happiness? I, I don't think so. And so I, I know me personally, and Christina, we've had a lot of conversations about this. Yeah. You know, just about when you strip those things away, things that are core to what you thought was important, you're suddenly left with like more questions than answers, you know, where you know what you don't like, but you don't know what you do want. And so that resignation, I think, was a, a an answer to this isn't working. I have to find something that gives me a little bit more purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So you left your six-figure salary. <laughs> she may or may not have also left a fat signing <laughs> bonus. <laughs> she reminded me of this, and I was like, oh, my God, I haven't thought about I that. I blocked that Rest one out. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> couple months away yeah oh. two months away from your signing bonus like or was mm-hmm. was a signing bonus yeah or, it was yeah. like an annual bonus that you would get mm-hmm. and you were two months away but you were so unhappy mm-hmm. that you said I'm out yeah it's funny because it was like it was two months and I just could not think about being this level of you know disconnected from myself sad um in a place where I felt like people were not respectful I wasn't creatively challenged I'm like I am so unfulfilled right now I would not punish myself for two more months for this 
Mm. Punish. Yeah. It was that bad. And, and uh, you know, people gave me some good advice. Like uh, my husband said, he, he just told me, he's like, then that money was never yours. That wow. money was never Whoa. yours. You were chasing something. Yes. He's like, <laughs> you were chasing something that was never going to be enough anyway. So mm-hmm. just be okay and let it go. And um, while we were talking, I was saying that that's so funny to look back at that period because it was two months where I could not think, I can't survive two more months like this. And then when those two months did come, you know, I had already started my own business. It was like 10 years in between the time. You grew so much. And just like my mindset was so different. I'm like, I'm so much healthier. The physical weight of that stress was gone. Yes. And that is life changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Two months feel so small. I used to tell people you can do anything for a year. And now I'm like, nope. <laughs> Bail, girl. Yeah. You know it's not good. Bail. I would like to re-qualify that statement. I actually disagree. Yeah, I can't. I can't. No, I no longer think that. Um, it is interesting that it became more of a mental and emotional. It, the money had nothing mm-hmm. to do with it. And I think that with the great resignation, people started to realize that because the entire world got flipped on its head during COVID. And I remember the fear that I felt in sending my husband to the grocery store. He was the only one allowed to go, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, he had a a protocol and he had his process where he would wear gloves and a mask and then spray all of our groceries down with Lysol on the front porch and let them dry for however long before he would bring them in. I mean, looking back now, I think that was crazy. But we were all (laughs) in such a place of deep fear and uncertainty Mm -hmm. that we didn't know. And I think that when you have a crisis moment in your life or that fear and uncertainty about the future, that's when you really start to look at and identify what matters to you. Oh, for sure. And it's not money. Yeah. Money is not the thing that matters. It's everything you're saying. It's mental health. It's emotional health. It's Mm -hmm. being available to your family. It's being happy, fulfilled, all of those things. And so I think that what it did is it allowed everybody kind of at the same time to start evaluating those things yes. and say, what do I really want out of life? Yeah. Do I really want the salary or do I really, would I rather take a pay cut and find happiness and fulfillment instead? And I think it was also that question of like, is that, yeah, is this important? Because so many things you get in the corporate world where they're like, this reorg's coming in hot <laughs> and you got to work on a Friday night at 1 a.m. You're like, okay, but guys, like, this doesn't feel important. Right. Before you just are like, that's the churn. That's mm-hmm. that's that's business, baby. Like we're always in operation or something. And then when you have something that kind of just like, you know, I don't know, like rings your bell and you're like, what am I doing? Yeah, reality check. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. We're not performing surgery here. Right. Yeah. Are we saving babies? No, we're yeah. not. You know, like <laughs> if this is critical, it's critical. But the word critical means something different now. And a lot of these actions are just tasks we need to do, but right. they don't need to be done right now, and they don't need to be done in this environment. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to take a step back really quick because how did y'all actually meet? Oh. How did how did the I, two of y'all meet? A cat called her in the streets. What? Oh, you did? <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, I'd like some details surrounding that story. Go ahead. Okay. Well, well, Christine and I actually we we moved into the same neighborhood on the same street. Um, and we 
when we first met, we met at like a, a little neighborhood. Um, it was like a porch crawl. It was a porch crawl. Yeah, it was like pouring rain. <laughs> and and so people were running from like one porch to the next. And then if you got on one where they weren't weird, you're like, I'll just stay here for a while because it's raining so hard. It's, it's going really well. Yeah. <laughs> so hers worked out. I was like, okay, this is normal and the drinks are good. We'll, we'll hang out here for a little while. <laughs> and that's how we met. And we exchanged numbers and we found out that we had both lived in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. We we'd obviously never met. D.C. is a huge place. Our husbands are born on the same day and... Yeah, a lot of weird similarities, but I think the DC connection was so strong, so strong. And so I think we were both in the same place where it's like we were going from very intense work cities where your identity is your work, is your job. Mm-hmm. And we were both just like commenting about like, what are you doing? Like after five. Right. Because <laughs> you're, you went from yeah. DC to Fort Worth, Texas. Yes. Very yeah. different. Yes. Mm-hmm. People very are like, different. get a hobby. And I'm like, I, oh, I I'm, work, is, work my is my hobby. hobby. Yeah. Yeah, so we were both just kind of in that same place in life. And then, you know, our husbands had similarities and um, so many similarities. I think, you know, they share a birthday, but they share a brain, a brain, (laughs) a personality. Yeah, so many things. Um, But yeah, we've known each other since then. So it's been kind of fun. I mean, as we kind of get to know the city and work through different chapters in life, um, Mm -hmm. it's fun to have people who you kind of sync up with and have conversations of like, okay, I'm having this crazy thought. Are you also thinking the same thing? So when you guys met, were Mm -hmm. you both working your corporate jobs? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when was it that you made the decision to Annie to go go out on your own and to quit this job? When was that? So mine was um, May of 2021. So I had been thinking about this for a long time because we both were in D.C. and consultants, consulting, business consulting – is very commonplace in D.C. I mean, a lot of companies hire this. You bring on somebody who just basically advises in a certain area. I had thought that would be a great job. I would love that. I would love the flexibility and kind of choosing my own clients, choosing my own projects. When I came to Texas, that it's just less of the environment here. You know, you, they don't hire as many consultants. But with, you know, COVID and the pandemic and the opening of remote work, that changed completely and so the things that were really appealing to me about it were still there and now we're accessible and the things that were bringing me down in the corporate environment like emotionally and just really seeing the limitations for women for mothers um was very eye-opening and I thought I want to get out of this for a little this doesn't this doesn't feel good to me anymore Mm -hmm. um so maybe this is a path I can take well, Rachel asked me, how did you get into consulting with your improv background? So what was your particular question you were, you were well, asking? Well, I was, I was asking because Christina and I have talked about it so many times. We both left a corporate environment for, you know, self-employment, becoming entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I'm having more fun in my life than I've ever had. And I laugh more in my life. And yeah. I enjoy the people I work with more now and I think it's because I get to choose and totally. so I it was I was so interested in your improv and theater background because do you do you find yourself plugging that humor and that comedy into conversations oh, to win clients um I don't know about for winning clients but I do feel like okay it's so funny because every company you guys can probably relate to this it's like um hr diversity and inclusion they're like we want you to bring your full self to work your true self and i'm like my true self does not wear pantyhose and yet here i am you know like i am wearing two pairs of spanks today it's like my true self doesn't love that 
Um, <laughs> so you fit within the parameters. Yes, yeah. 100%. <laughs> and so um, I don't know if I bring more comedy, but I am definitely more comfortable. Um, when I was thinking of quitting, one, one of the things that popped into my head, and this is like, I don't know why it came to me, but I was like, I'm going to dye my hair pink. <laughs> I I want to go pink. That just sounds so fun. Like I'm such a like a 17 year old. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You cannot do that in the workplace. You can't do that in corporate. And then America. I'm gonna get a tattoo. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna wear. And this is also, I think, part of the pandemic. I'm like, what is my true aesthetic, clothing aesthetic? And I and pajamas. Uh, what I've learned, it's pajamas <laughs> and it's rainbow. I'm like, oh, if it's got if it's got sequins or rainbow, that's what I want to wear. You cannot wear that to the workplace. You know, like. I wish you guys could see me in the office. I was like, I was like Ann Taylor, mm-hmm. whatever was in Ann Taylor at the moment. That's what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, you I have look a, like a backpack with flowers. Oh, on. yeah. I look like somebody's like child's no, doll where they were like, oh, <laughs> your personality is so funny. Yeah. Do you think that the, your your style choices or your um, ever representing bad Annie Guys, I need to introduce Bad Annie. <laughs> I haven't told you about this, Rachel. No, you have not. Okay, Bad Annie. Is it your alter ego um, or is it your childhood? Okay. <laughs> I think um to tell, tell Okay, us. so Bad Annie was a term that my my grandpa like coined when I was a little girl. <laughs> and um when I was, you know, obviously being a little defiant, he would call me on the phone though and he would say, "Am I talking to good Annie or am I talking to bad Annie?" <laughs> and I it was such like there was such a differentiation in my brain of like I knew who bad Annie was that I would tell him I'd be honest, I would be like, "It's bad Annie." <laughs> and you know, she's here to stay. Hang up the phone. <laughs> and he he found this so funny and now I'm like I I I don't even know why I brought this up to you but I'm like I've revisited bad Annie. Annie and like She's just very in touch with her emotions, and she's going to give you honest feedback. Yeah. And so there's a place for bad Annie, Does I think. bad Annie <laughs> warrant off bad clients? Oh, yeah, maybe she does. Yeah, she <laughs> she, she definitely has, like, a, a good radar, I'd say, where she's like, run, run, girl. This isn't, this isn't it. <laughs> Ghost them. Pretend, you know, like, <laughs> disappear forever. Oh, I think that's great. Yeah, I everybody think, needs that inner voice. I, I think so. And yeah. it took me a while because I was always, I was always good, Annie. Mm-hmm. I was always good, Rachel. Oh, like, yeah. I was, yes, I'm, I'm the middle child. I have a twin sister. We were both the middle child. And our job was to never ruffle feathers. Yeah, our job peace. was to, ne- we were, absolutely, we keep the peace. You, where do you want to go for dinner? Sounds great. What do you guys want to do? You know, go hang out? Sounds great. Like, we never wanted to ruffle feathers. Uh-huh. And so it took me a very long time to get in touch with having an opinion. Oh, my and gosh, yes. I always had an opinion. I just never vocalized mm-hmm. that opinion. And so it took me many, many years to to actually have the confidence to speak up and yeah. not just be so go with the flow. And to know, like, yeah, what is your true north? What are the things that are most important? Because that's, I isn't that like at the core, good or bad? That's that's what those voices are telling you. Right. What you really care about. And when something bothers you that much, you're like, something about this doesn't work. Yeah. And maybe it is, um, you know, when you meet new clients and you had mentioned having the choice of who you get to work with. Mm-hmm. How incredible is that? Because there are so many times working in corporate America where you're like, this person is a nightmare. They are so disrespectful. They're, you know, demeaning to me. I have tried to make them a respectable person, but I 
would not choose to be around them right. in any other place in my life. I, I used to think about like the things, this was like a little game I would play to cope with that. I'd be like, I would love to write your mom a letter and be like, you <laughs> should be son. disappointed in Todd. You should. <laughs> Let me tell you what he did today. <laughs> so not good, not good. Todd, Todd did not remember any of those lessons you yeah. tried to teach him. That is hilarious. But isn't that so yes. true? Because it's like only a mom, only a mom. would cringe and yes. then also have the ability to be like, Todd? I raised you better than this, Todd. You I got know a, better I got than a letter in the I mail, got, yeah. Todd. From bad to talk about it. Yeah. I got a letter in the mail that cracks me up that I will never forget that. That's amazing. But aren't there some people, you know, you're like, oh, I should write a letter to your mom. Yeah. hundred percent. If you know who you are, and you need to listen to like, listen to your inner mom. Like, mm -hmm. would your mom approve of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many times where my mom is like, I'm turning away from this. <laughs> not listening. Or she's like, go, go, girl. Yes. Yeah, say those things because Stick it's not it fair yourself. that they walk on you. Like, right. Yes. So mom, that mom, um, I don't know, like the the natural, what is it? Like your um, calibration from your mom. You're like, yeah. that mom sense. Would the mom be proud? Would mom be, yes, moral compass of your mom. Yeah. That's a good thing to, to strengthen, I think. We all need that. Okay, so Annie, let's let's take it back. You're, you're working corporate America. You decide I cannot survive the yeah. next eight weeks to get my bonus. Like, I got to go. I got to mm -hmm. go right now, and this is it. So- how did you leave and did you have clients secured? Mm -hmm. How did your husband feel about this? What was what was that dynamic? Yeah. How did Mark feel about that? Yeah, I, we had had some discussions. I mean, he knew I was very unhappy and mm -hmm. feeling um, like, I, I think the best way for, for me to describe that time was I just kept telling him, I don't know how to be successful here. I, I keep trying to find paths and I don't know how to be successful. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can. Mm -hmm. um, and I called him. He had he was like on a work trip or a vacation. I remember he was out of town. And I just, it was like on a Friday. And I just, as soon as I heard his voice, I just started bawling. Crying. And I'm like, I just can't, I cannot think of what I can do to fix this. And I, I have no answers. And I have, I am somebody who loves to have you are getting options. you are literally getting choked up and yes. your eyes are tearing it, up right it, now it, because that's how much emotion it brings uh -huh. up in you yes and when you think like i've never been it was just such a level of desperation yes. and to have somebody say okay then i don't think you should go back mm -hmm. like what a generous act and i and i try to i i try to remind myself of like you know you can take risks because you have a really lovely supportive partner and that is such a privilege and to acknowledge that and really try to give that back to them too um but it was such a such a supportive moment i've never felt more support in that moment Aww. did i have a plan a no girl i had no plan <laughs> <laughs> he's like what are you gonna do i'm like not sure oh, i'm gonna like stop you know snot crying and then i'll i'm gonna brainstorm tomorrow um <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he he gave me the green light that was like, you need to do this. So that weekend, because I was all by myself, um, I just called all of my mentors, all of my girlfriends from work, and I I basically told them my idea that I am so unhappy. I have to do something different. This is a path I think might be possible. And those conversations just affirmed this was in the right direction. Um, I go back to one I had with a really good friend of mine, Michelle, and 
I just basically had given told her all the reasons I doubted and was like, this isn't the right time. This isn't the right decision. These are all the no's in my head. And Michelle told me that, you know, we had worked together. And she said, every time I worked with you, I always – like, I would bet on you. If mm. you said you were going to do something, I would bet on you. You're going to do it. Even if it was something outside your skill set. I never doubted that. That's sweet. And, yes. And then she said to me – and this was such a light bulb moment. She said, why will you not bet on yourself? Oh, my goodness. And Smack. it was – yes. And it was just like silence on the phone of somebody asking you – I I don't have an answer for this. You need to think about it. Why will you not bet on yourself? Mm. What was her name? Michelle. Michelle. Yes. Michelle. You know, it's so interesting because Mark, Michelle, I guarantee you, Mark was so supportive because he knew that you were going to figure it out. He trusted you to figure it out as you went, right? And so it's interesting kind of in the entrepreneurial role because you have to trust yourself uh-huh. to figure it out. And that in and of itself is a journey. And it's it's so interesting, and I know I have no doubt that you have have done this along the way. But you, when you make a commitment and you follow up on that commitment, you gain a little bit more trust in yourself. Yes. But when you break a commitment that you make, whether it's I'm gonna work out today, whether it's mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what it is, it doesn't have to be work related. When you break a commitment with yourself, you break a little bit of trust with yourself. Yes. But when you keep a commitment, you earn trust with yourself. And so it's been such an interesting journey for me as an entrepreneur, and Christina, I'm sure the sure. same with you, that yeah. you learn to trust yourself more and more and more. Trust your instincts. Trust yourself yep. more. Mark and Michelle already saw it and already trusted you, mm-hmm. but you just had to catch up and learn to trust yourself. Yeah. yeah. So you you left – you knew that you had to leave. Mm-hmm. Did you have any clients secured? No. I had no clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have, I did spend two days pulling all my contacts together. That was smart. Yeah. And and reaching out to people and being very vulnerable and very candid about this is where I am. These are the things I don't know. I'm not asking for anything, but um, I know you have, you know, done X, Y, or Z. Can you point me into the right direction for resources? Yeah, use, you're using your your contacts. And you know what? Every conversation I had, everyone was so supportive. Mm-hmm. And it that was shocking to me. And then when I was thinking about it later, I'm like, yeah, but if any of those people had come to me, I would have also bent over backwards to support them and said, Absolutely. let me introduce you to my friend. Let me do this. Mm-hmm. All of these things. I just didn't expect that. Yeah, um, if you were if you were telling someone like this is what you need to do if you are looking to make that exit out of corporate America or whatever their existing circumstances is, what are the what are the three tips that you would give them if they're looking to create their own consulting business? Okay, so things that were helpful for me, I I say start with your network mm-hmm. and ask for help. Let them know you need help. That is mm-hmm. a big thing. I mean, we are all prideful. We all you know, maybe feel self-conscious about asking your friends to do things that are more than a friend favor. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to you have to ask for help sometimes in life. And what I found was it was so abundant, the gifts that they were giving. A friend who's an accountant, it was like, let me help you set up your books. Aww. I will do projections for you when you feel like, you know, you, you're at a point where that's possible. Um, I had a friend who um, does websites and she's like, let me give you some resources on this. I will, I would select this account sheet. 
basically helped me set up my account. She's come over to my house. We're going to order pizza and we're going to create a website for you. You need to have it by Monday. And she did this. Mm. Um, I had other friends who, you know, as a business consultant, um, I do communications PR. Um, One person advised government contracts. You know, you know, you're a woman owned minority business. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a lot of opportunity for you, but you have to register in the system. So let me show you how to use the system. This is something I wish someone had shown me. Mm -hmm. So there was all these little things that were so helpful, but using your network is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, Figuring out helpful resources or or free resources. Mm -hmm. The library is amazing. Like what a novel idea, right? I'm like, go there, talk to the library and check out books. The other thing that was really helpful for me was um, the Small Business Bureau. I don't know if you guys, did you guys ever use that site? Okay. Mm -hmm. There are so many resources on there when you're, you know, filing your C Corp or, you know, S Corp, whatever you're doing. What does that paperwork look like? What, um, what is, is there a checklist of things I need to do so that I am right with the government? How do I get an employee identification number? They have a ton of resources there that you can download, you can edit. They also have um, mentor resources. So one of the things I signed up for was a mentor. And through the site? Mm-hmm. Wow. They'll I connect you. You can crazy. either have somebody remote or you can have someone local. I chose someone local. That was smart. And um, I am I am very self-conscious about the finance side. And I'm like, the government's going to go for me if I don't do my taxes right. Um, <laughs> very insecure about that. So I chose a mentor who had a financial background. That was smart. And so I could ask them dumb questions, basically. Yeah. You know, no, and, not uh, dumb, but things that you things need that to you do just don't know. And, and you're like, is this a term that everybody is using? I keep seeing it places. Um, and again, there were free resources. You could have ongoing relationships with them. Um, I wanted a female mentor um, who just could kind of help me navigate, like what it's like to be a woman-owned business and the things that I'm not thinking of or. Are there networks I can join so I have a support group? Uh, so many things like that were helpful. So those would be my big two. You know, yeah. use your network and then find some free resources and just kind of dive in and see what works best for you. That's super helpful. So I, I have a question because if somebody is listening right now and they have this great idea and they really want to break out and they've been, they've been thinking about it for a while – do you think that it's absolutely necessary for them to have every single answer question, question answered before oh, no. they make the leap? You will never right. have. I mean, you look, we never. both are business. We're all yeah. business owners here. Yeah. Like, do you guys feel like you're 100% you know how to run a business? Oh, no. 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 Sometimes I get questions and I'm like, that's you got you got to go to a professional for that. Like, that's not what I do. Yeah. Um, no, you'll never have the question. The timing will never be right. You'll never have enough in your bank account and you'll never know the answers to like most things. It's like being a parent. You never know sure, what's uh-huh. going to happen. And I think that if you wait to feel like you have it figured out, you'll never cross right. that bridge. But to to that same kind of like, you know, analogy, do you have what you need to figure out answers? Yes. I Can, mean, there's the internet exists. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're all Google wizards, so we will find people um, you know, do you have, you know, a, a relative idea of what is important to you and your values, mm-hmm. kind of the type of work you want to, what you would find fulfilling? And then I think you've, you've got the core parts there and you can Google the rest. Yeah. So what is, what is one of the biggest hurdles that you have faced in starting your own business that you didn't expect when you mm-hmm. left corporate America? Um, okay. Scheduling is really a challenging one for me. Mm. Um, you know, nine to five jobs or eight to five jobs, 
are structured that way and you lived within that. And so um, you just kind of get used to that rhythm. When you don't have that, you have to plan and prioritize yes. your life. And sometimes that is weekend work and sometimes that is, you know, not. And it we've talked briefly about like building a schedule and protecting a schedule is essential. Mm-hmm. So knowing what it is you have to accomplish, whether it's today or this week, and then making sure that you hold true to those commitments. Because to your point, you know, when you break on those things, when you don't deliver, that diminishes trust, not with your clients, with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is something that's like, that's irreparable damage. You can't fix that. You don't mm-hmm. trust yourself. You're not going to be able to be the, you know, the heart and soul of your business. For sure. So Annie and I were talking about this the other day, and she said, protect your schedule at all costs. And mm-hmm. I know that we have all, every single business owner in this room has talked about that, that your schedule, and I'm I'm reading a book right now that is so fascinating and it's changing my perspective on everything. And it's mind management over time management. And the whole premise of this is that you can be so efficient. You can you can block out every single minute of every single hour of every single day. And when you outsource things, you can free up, you know, hours in your day, but then you're gonna fill that up with other things and mm-hmm. get real busy and real busy and real busy. And that is such a temptation for business owners. Oh, for sure. But the busier you get, the less creative you get. Mm-hmm. And your mind mm-hmm. is not able to create at the same level when you're so busy and booked all the time. And so I think it's important as a business owner, you have to be creative. Yes. You have to yes. be, when you are the sole business owner um, and you don't have people coming up with ideas and marketing and mm-hmm. things like that for you, you have to be the one to do those things. Mm-hmm. And so that means you have to create, you have to create space to open up sort of that creative portal inside of sure. yourself, right? I remember I read something probably 10 years ago that said, most CEOs, we all know they wake up like with the sun, right? But mm-hmm. they also s- schedule an hour or longer, an hour or two of silence a day where they're not inundated with questions or emails or whatever the, whatever it is. They're sitting in their silence and they're allowing themselves to think outside the box and be creative and be the visionary, visionary that they're supposed to be as CEO. So I think that's a really good point. That Do you do that? Uh, I'm I'm not a uh, yeah no you are the CEO <laughs> of your business no no Annie do you um I have just started booking creative days mm. so you I feel do? like I feel like I'm I am the case study for this book that you're mm-hmm. reading because I that's what I was doing I was finding more efficiency with my schedule and so I could take on more work right and and it doesn't necessarily mean you're doing better work and that is a hard concept to like wrap your head around yeah like i can't check anything off right that that's the problem and just because i yeah and because i'm accomplishing more tasks doesn't mean i have put the best of me into all of this mm-hmm. and so i have just started doing creative days yeah mm-hmm. i i and this was you know I've, I've only owned my business for a little over a year but this was a shift because i was feeling very depleted um, and my creative days are tasks that um, have no value. They have no value. <laughs> uh, I would. I learned how to um, make my own fonts. What? Yes, I am a woman in STEM. Wow, I'm, very, I'm impressed. It was so fun. It is a skill I will never use. I mean, it has no value Shh. to me, but it was so enriching. It was because yeah. I was like, I accomplished something. This was so outside of my comfort zone. I felt like it was, you know 
something I'm going to be bad at. And then it was something I learned mm-hmm. and I had it in product. How cool. And I emailed a few friends. I'm like, hi, this Check is out my, my font. font. <laughs> this font is my handwriting. This is why you cannot read it. But just wanted to let you know I do this now. <laughs> it was such like a fun, delightful day. And then, you know, for weeks after that, I'm like, oh. I really do feel the benefits of being recharged. Oh my goodness, I need to do that. I was going to just say something like, "Well, I make reels, you know, batch reels for half a day. Does that count as creative?" No, no, no. no something no, that's not, not no. bringing value to your work. Something yeah. that's completely outside of your that's space. So smart. And whether that's like, you know, maybe it is going to like a goat yoga, or I don't know what, it, whatever it is that you're like, that kind of sounds fun. Mm-hmm. It it's really just breaking out of your normal routine. Yeah, sure. And it's it's either it can be a vacation, it can be just a change of scenery, right. it can it can be anything. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I will say about two years ago, Mm -hmm. I started waking up. I mean, I've done it for a very long time, but two years ago, I got very intentional with waking up before the rest of my family Mm -hmm. and spending real quality time by myself Mm -hmm. with a cup of coffee in the same exact spot every single morning. And it's completely silent. And I do not look at my phone before because that will activate all of the things in my brain and so I do not turn on my phone I don't look at it I keep it face down like in the kitchen and I spend between an hour and an hour and a half in total silence before the rest of my family gets up this is this is amazing it has changed my life I need to do this because it really sets I mean you have an, a nine-month-old baby yeah at home yeah. so Maybe it's a day. little bit different for you yeah I've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old so they sleep you know a little bit further now but I it has it completely sets my intention for the day mm-hmm. it gets me in the right spot like mentally yeah. emotionally spiritually it gets me in a place where I'm ready to take on whatever and then I it, it builds wisdom. I'm reading. I'm thinking. I'm coming up with ideas. It has this little practice completely changed my life. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. for you. I love that. I and so too. I guess that that's a great tip for people. Figure out how you can carve out a little bit of space for you that has no Value. no agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and maybe it's 30 minutes or maybe it's an hour every day or maybe it's like one day, you know, every two months. What what you can do. Yeah. But there is Keep a lot realistic. of value in that, I think, and just yeah. kind of giving yourself. I love this. Freedom. Yeah. No, it's so smart. So, you know, you left corporate America. People who are listening are probably like, well, maybe this sounds like me. How do you recommend having that conversation? What's your resignation look like? Um, oh, I mean – Bad Annie wants me to tell you, go out in a blazing glory. Like I, When you guys were answering that question, I was like, I have the greatest resignation I've ever done, which was when I was like, I'm going to set this building on fire. Goodbye. Um, oh, yeah. We didn't ask you. Oh, guys. Yeah. I, to, I always believe like a good resignation should be one of the greatest moments of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, like. There's your marriage. There's the birth of your children. There is quitting that bad job and putting them in their place and saying, like, peace out. Yeah. You know, like, never going to talk to you again. Um, yeah, it is it is a true joy when yeah. you get to give your um, – your, you bring your authentic self, you know, for the first time. You're like, I'm going to give you my truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there's something great about that. I have done that um, – 
I've done that a couple of times. I'll be honest. <laughs> I am somebody uh, who does say my piece before I leave. That's part of my closure process. Um, this one wasn't, you know, wasn't super dramatic. It was just for me. It was about, you know, protecting myself and doing, and being honest about like this isn't working, and mm-hmm. I don't think you value all of me, yeah. and I don't think you like you. I mean, I, I, I'm unhealthy right now, and I don't feel like anybody cares about that. Mm, and, no, and nobody is, like, making that a concern. So I got to go. I got to go to a place where people do care about my well-being. Sure. And right now, that's going to be at my house and doing my own business. Yeah. So, But here's here's what I will say. There's, there's no chance that you have ever left in a way that burned bridges. so many bridges. Agreed. Because you've, you look at the – Look at the army of resources that you had when you were ready to step out on your own. And that doesn't happen overnight. That is consistent relationship yeah. building through your businesses over the years, through your, your career and your jobs over the years before you decided to start your own business. And so I think that there's a way to do it where you do speak your truth, but you do it in a way that is still respectful mm-hmm. and that 100%. maintains those relationships because you just never know you just always want to leave it open. the bigger person. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. And and I do try to keep that in my mind. You know, one of the things whenever I was leaving is that this has always just been a consideration for me is that you are you are always leaving people you love behind. Sure. And if there is a way for you to make it a little bit better for them, even if it's just like I have put in writing that these are issues or I am going to say the way you treat that specific person does not sit right with me and does not sit right with the values of this company, then maybe when they voice their concern, there's already been somebody like on the record who has said, yeah, that wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, when you have those opportunities, take advantage of them for yourself, but also think about who you can help down the road. And if it's people that you love and you care about and you're like, I I want you to be happy too. Um, And I don't think this environment is serving either one of us. I do think it's important to, you know, use a resignation to help other people. Um, And there's been a couple of times where I've been able to do that. And I think that's part of why I can keep relationships because people, that's huge. When someone does something that makes your life a little bit better, I mean, you don't forget that. Yeah. I've had people do it for me where I'm like, you went out of your way. You could have left and never mentioned anything about my specifics, you know, the fact that I'm getting paid less than a peer or whatever, but you did. And that changed my life. And I will forever be indebted to you in some small way or just appreciate it and think, you know, you're on a high pedestal for me. That's a behavior that I want to do. Yeah. So, and you- right there, in a nutshell, we have realized why you've built such great relationships. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, it's because you have that worldview. You have that view of taking care of other people and giving back and not just thinking of yourself, but thinking of others first. And I don't care what you do in life. I don't care if you run your own business. I don't care if you're an employee. I don't care if you are a mom and you're on the, on the PTA or if you're volunteering at the homeless shelter, that right there is the key to building relationships and bringing value is that you're putting other people's needs before your own. And that, that right there is a ripple effect that is truly incredible. Yeah. yeah. So what we've learned here today, guys, is be bad Annie, but with a little <laughs> bit of class so that if you need to leverage your relationships in the future, yeah. they're there. They're there for you. And don't be like President Nixon. He just bounced out of office with one word or one sentence. I hereby resign the office of the President of the United States. 
N- no, no explanation needed. He was no. not. He was not like lighting a path for the people who followed behind. He him. wasn't Come like on. that. Annie. Give him some notes. Yeah, <laughs> he needed a business consultant. Mm, Call yeah. me. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Um, give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We hope you enjoyed our guest Annie today. This was so fun. Thanks yeah. guys for letting me join. Thank you for coming. We yeah, had so much. So fun. much fun. I'm palindrome underscore home on Instagram and Rachel. Here. I am Rachel underscore R underscore Roth. And on Instagram Annie. and TikTok. Yeah. I, Annie, where can people find you? Yeah, email. What's um, best? My business is Chameleon Communications. You can just Google that or you can find me AnnieLorenzana.com. There you go. Holler at your girl if you need some consulting.